This is your host Peyton with Girls Gone Right. If you want to follow along with the video format, be sure to check us out on YouTube and hit subscribe. Let's discuss. Hi, it's Peyton with Girls Gone Right. So I have a fun little mini-sode for you guys tonight. And last week I touched on just more of me venting, not really complaining, but just how I felt when I go on dates or just in general, that maybe my motivation is a little too much. And I'm not like using that as a platform to boast or anything like that. It's simply something that I am actually insecure about. I think, you know, I've had time to reflect. I've gotten a lot of feedback, which we love feedback. (laughs) I've gotten a lot of feedback from the last podcast, especially from men. And just reading through people's comments. And yes, I sometimes do read the comments Not that it was a bad thing. I honestly do love to hear from you guys. And I think it's very insightful because sometimes, you know, we get stuck in our own echo chamber or you're only hearing what you want to hear and you kind of block out the voices that you don't think align with what you want to believe. So I love putting these things out there because I do get feedback. I know I'm not always right. After hearing some feedback from this week, a lot of men were saying that, yes, sometimes it can be unattractive, but only because... When a woman is so ambitious and driven, it can lead to other traits like being selfish, self-centered, and very individualistic, sort of. And it just has a lot of, it, it can come with a lot of negative qualities and traits, which I honestly haven't, I didn't think about it in that way. And that does make a lot of sense. Like, sure, if a man is very driven and motivated and a woman is very driven and motivated, they can be in a relationship, but they both can't be self-centered or that relationship's never going to work because you're just going to want to revolve your world around yourself and never combine a world and live life together. So that's just not something that I ever put in, into perspective in that way. So I thought that that was very insightful. And it's not that I'm Miss Perfect and I'm just so disciplined and so motivated and so perfect. It's sometimes that's not always a good thing to be that motivated. And it takes away from me being caring and empathetic. And so today we are going to go over seven feminine traits because a lot of feedback that I got from this too was, yes, you can be all those things, but it's so important to drive and hone into your feminine qualities because the feminine qualities are so attractive to men. And after hearing that, I'm like, this is the clarity that I needed because, you know, I do talk about, I'm a health coach. So it's something that I really push. And I think that I more so advertise myself as being motivated and disciplined and this hard person. But, you know, if you have these feminine traits, it's so good to just lean into them as well. And there is beauty in these feminine traits. And I think that's something that I kind of glossed over almost. So it's something that I really just want to spend some time. And also for myself, I just want to think over these and I guess spend some time leaning into these qualities and shaping them, making sure that, you know, I am working on these things because I do think it's really important to have gender roles and each gender has different traits and different things that they bring to the table. And I think that sometimes, you know, I don't take that back. I do think that if you're too motivated, too disciplined, I don't want to be coming off like I'm a girl boss because I don't like that. I think that it's giving into the toxic feminism, which I also don't like. Uh, So I think it's important to kind of like, you know, you don't want to be too motivated. You don't want to be too disciplined. I do think that, you know, it is a real thing that it's not like a slap in the face, but I think it's a real thing that men don't find that necessarily attractive. And that's just biologically, like 
we do have gender roles and the maternal traits are very attractive to men. It just makes sense. It's science. <laughs> so now we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it. These are seven feminine traits that make you attractive. And we're going to go over them and I'm going to kind of score myself out and see how I feel with these. Uh, the first one is empathetic. So the quality of being in tune with others' emotions and feeling what they feel. And ranking myself on a scale of one to 10 with this, I'm going to give myself, I will judge myself the hardest, but I'm going to give myself a six. <laughs> and I only, I think that this is something that I struggle with almost because, you know, I am a person that's like, it's fine. I try to be really strong. I know that not everyone is in, has that same mindset and everyone handles their emotions differently and has a different understanding of the way that they hear things. It's an important thing in communication too, is to be able to put yourself in someone's shoes. So I think it's something, a trait that I can most definitely work on is just being able to have a conversation with someone, especially when you're in an argument or, you know, just a disagreement with someone, even in friendships, it's important to be able to step out, put yourself in their shoes and look at yourself in a different light. And I think that's where we see the most growth too is in empathy. It's a really important trait. And I do think that it's something that I could work on. And I'm sure a lot of these are going to be something that I could work on. Another one is attentiveness. So in this modern world, no one knows how to be a good listener. I, I totally agree. I think that we're all so into ourselves. We have so much going on in our own lives, day to day. Social media kind of just reflects yourself, not a lot of other people, but you see yourself mostly. It's become very self-centered. And I think attentiveness is something that we're just lacking in our society as a whole. But me, if I'm going to go ahead and rank myself, I would say my attentiveness towards other people. And I... I want to just like make this clear. It's like the people that I really care about, I'm going to reply to your text messages. I'm going to be there for you. You are my ride or die. I think that kind of comes down to loyalty too. Like my the people I'm loyal to, you have my attention. And it's the people that like have not earned my loyalty to that I'm probably not the most attentive to. And I think that that's fine because time is valuable and who I'm giving my attention to matters both ways. Um, it's more of like a value thing, but I do think that this is something maybe I score a little higher on. I'm going to give myself an eight that, you know, if I'm loyal to you and I value you as a person, you have my attention and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And I care about what you have to say. So maybe that's something that I'm actually doing really well. And, but apparently, you know, this makes you very attractive if you're a good listener. And I think it's true when you go on dates and someone's telling you about what they do and you don't have to like act like you're listening and then a few minutes later ask the same thing. I think it's attractive in both sides if someone's listening to you because it's like you're listening, you're understanding, it's great communication skills and things like that. Uh, so intuition, this is an interesting one. It always pays to trust your gut. By doing so, lean deep into instinct. Allowing you to know and understand things when there is no real knowledge may sound superstitious, but it's not. So it's like that gut feeling. And trust me, guys, I get a lot of gut feelings, but it's do I listen to it or do I not? <laughs> um, I think intuition is something that I have. It's something that I probably choose to ignore. So my intuition, I'm going to go ahead and give that one an eight too, because always room for improvement. And also it's the listening part that I can probably improve on. 
I will do something and I'm like, "Mm, I shouldn't be doing this. It's not a good idea. Or, you know, you kind of just like know if something is right for you. And sometimes, you know, you choose to ignore it because that's not what you want to hear. And your gut is telling you to do the other thing. So sometimes I have selective hearing with my intuition uh, and that can be worked on. Uh, But I do think that that intuition, that gut feeling kind of comes the closer that you are to God. If you are walking in your path, in your purpose, and you have a strong connection with God, I kind of know what I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm not supposed to be doing. And I know that from just prayer, um, having that conversation with God every day and knowing where where my direction in life is and like, is this going to help me serve? And is this going to bring me closer to God or is it not? And that's kind of how I lay out my intuition and, you know, sometimes we're not we're not perfect. Humans make mistakes. And I think that's where our intuition, that's like where the selective hearing comes in is when you know that something's not going to bring you closer to God, but you want to do it anyways, because you think that your way is better or your plan is better. So it's something that I'm consistently working on and trying to be better in. Interdependence. To survive the realities of the harsh world, ancient tribes of mankind had to band together in little groups. As the mo- the world modernized, that kind of behavior became extinct. So basically, women brought the people together, right? Like we are the ones that create the community, the family. We're friends with the neighbors. We're friends with everyone at church. Men are the workers, the providers, the hunters. And we are out here, you know, talking to the other moms, really building a community um, and just being able to depend on one another, like, your neighbors, depending on them to help you out when you need it. This is something actually I'm going to rank really, really low in. I am not good at being dependent. And that's this falls into perhaps me being very ambitious and driven and wanting to do everything myself. But I don't thrive with the dependence. I think that I don't know if I trust people to do things or do things the way that I want them done, or I just don't trust people. I think that it also comes down to a vulnerability thing. If you are giving someone, if you're depending on someone, if they don't show up, then what? And I think that's a me thing. Obviously it's very internal, but I would much rather just get things done myself, hustle myself. I don't want, I don't like to give tasks to other people. I would much rather be so busy that it makes me crazy and my life is chaos and I would have much rather just handle everything myself and deal with all of that than hand tasks off to other people and have to trust them to get that done or in relationships that's really important too is you know it's not being independent is great but when you're in a relationship you should sacrifice just being independent because in a relationship, it's about being dependent on one another. It's not sacrificing and being like, well, I'm so independent. I don't need you. It's about, yeah, I am really independent, but I'm going to take that back and I'm going to trust you to do things so we can build on our relationship and have this sort of trust and this partnership. And that is something where that I really struggle with. I'm going to give myself probably a two. It's really bad, y'all. I really struggle with that. And in friendships, I'm like, no, no, just like, let me handle everything. If it's, you know, I just don't like giving that trust to someone. Cause you know, when you give that trust to someone, you're opening yourself up to get hurt. You're opening yourself up to all these vulnerabilities to being let down. I think that's a really big one with interdependence. When you're giving someone your trust and you're relying on someone, you're depending on someone, you have that fear that you're going to get let down. 
And I think that's something that I really struggle with as well as I don't want to put my hope in someone, my dependence in someone. I don't want to have to rely on someone, lean on someone in fear of getting let down. So growing in that one as well (laughs) and vulnerabilities. Okay. So vulnerability is not weakness. There can be similarities between the two in lieu. Vulnerability is strength. A lot of women try to uphold an air of invincibility around them. The reason behind it is rooted in toxic masculinity ideals. And then people who have the stance get overburdened by those around them until they break down. So on other hand, being honest about your vulnerability, you are not given anything more than you cannot handle. You also do not mislead others about the extent of your strength. This is something, guys, I have definitely been trying to work on. And I think that this vulnerability thing is my vulnerability. <laughs> Funny enough, I think that's the one thing that top of my list of things that I need to work on. And, you know, I have seen like, you know, a therapist and just like to work on these things. I also think it's like good to get a check-in of where I am emotionally and like what things I need to work on. I'm also a struggling perfectionist. So I like to, I like the feedback and I like to know what I have to work on and being vulnerable is something that I really struggle with. And I think it, all of these things kind of intertwine in the sense that to be vulnerable, you need that interdependence. You need to be able to trust other people. You can't just be one functioning person that is very, it, it conforms into the idea of secularism. It's very individualistic to only want to live on your own, to never want to trust other people, to not want to have that dependence of a community or rely on someone in fear of being let down or whatever it is that you're going through. You have to be vulnerable to allow these things. And I think that something that I've also struggled with is thinking that vulnerability is a weakness. And it took me a while to rewire my brain to understand that vulnerability is actually so beautiful. It's so amazing to be able to be strong enough to be honest with your emotions and to have those convers- those hard conversations with people where you're opening up. To me, I used to see that as a weakness. And now I understand that it takes a lot of strength to be really honest with how you feel and put yourself in a situation where you know, you may get hurt, you may get let down, you may feel things that you don't want to feel, but you're going to be honest with who you are and you're going to be transparent. And so, yeah, that's something that I'm definitely working on. I think just where I used to be a lib in my prior life, and I think I just had all of these ideas in my head that were not where I'm at now. Things align much clearer now, but where I was at before, like years ago, I would think like my past relationship in college, I would hate to be vulnerable. I always wanted to be so strong and so cold and put like save face. Uh, and, you know, I just always looked at it like a bad thing, like, oh, you're, you're upset or like you're feeling emotions, like you're not strong. That's automatically what I thought of. And now it's like, I've come so far. I honestly feel like I have, I am very in tune with my emotion and I try to be emotionally transparent and emotionally mature and just have those conversations versus bottling it in. I, I rarely bottle in my emotions. I think that I've come very far in the sense that if I'm feeling something, I'm probably just going to say it and have a conversation and also just allow others to be vulnerable and make them feel like 
and I'm a comfortable person to have those conversations with. I think that's really important too, is not only being the vulnerable one, but also making others feel like you're a safe person to be vulnerable with like no judgment. You can come to me and I'm going to see you as you are, and I'm not going to judge you. And I'm not going to see that as a weakness. So I'm going to give vulnerability, although it's something that I really struggle with probably the most out of all of these, I'm going to give that one an, we're going to say 7.5 because I have been working really hard on this and it's something I'm very aware of. And I think being aware of where, being aware of the things that I need to work on have just made me consciously want to grow in these areas. So I, I was already aware of that one and I have already been working on that. Okay, the next one is tenderness. This is often called softness and this embodies the essence of the trait. By being tender, you can connect with people better. Tenderness also can be incredibly evocative. It can make others treat you better and awaken protective instincts within them. This can be practiced by both genders. (laughs) I love that they just threw that in there. They acknowledged that there was two genders. They said both in this article. Um, so tenderness, I think that it's also something that is a work in progress. Guys, I think a lot of these are work in progresses and it's because, you know, my, my ideals that I had in college, I was such a feminist. I honestly was not, not a cute traditional feminist, like a toxic feminist and all of these qualities I hated. I was like, no, I want, if like literally Taylor Swift, the man that was me. I'm like, well, I'm going to be like the man and I'm going to do manly things and I'm going to be a girl and it's going to have to be accepted by everyone. And I just wanted to be tough, but I'm like, oh, if like a man sees a girl is tough, they're just intimidated and things like that. But like that, no, that's, that's not it. It's the fact that you're a woman and these traits are actually very attractive to people and having these feminine qualities is very attractive and it's very beautiful to have these things. And I looked at all of these as a weakness. So it's something that I've really had to overcome. Uh, But tenderness, I would say I'm going to give this a five. (laughs) This is definitely something that can be worked on so much more. It's, it's the softness. I will say that if you know me, I, I don't think that one of the words that you would use to describe me is tender. Think that's probably one of the last words that you're going to use to describe me. I think that I just have, I'm still softening my edges, y'all. They were hard enough from my past life, and it's taking a while to embrace these beautiful qualities that we naturally have as women. And tenderness is like a maternal instinct, it's literally in our DNA. And I think it's just, you know, your experiences in life and The culture makes it hard to accept these things and not only accept that this is, you know, what we are built to do, but grow in them and use that as a strength. Like tenderness is an amazing strength and it's such a beautiful thing. So it's, although the world wants to shape it differently and make it look like this is like a soft, like soft is a bad thing. It's not, it's rare and it's really beautiful. It's rare for a woman to want to accept these qualities nowadays, I feel like. Um, so tenderness five, we're, we're definitely going to be working on that. And if anyone in the next six months describes me with the word tender, that's the goal that, that would be really impressive. (laughs) Kindness. Uh, so kindness is the trait characterized by generosity where the tendency 
to give out and accommodate others. I think that I'm I'm going to give myself maybe a seven, seven to eight here. And I, I think that we can always do a better job here. It's not like anyone's just the most kind person and they're a solid 10 in this department. I think that, especially the kind people, you always think that you can do better. Um, but it's really just about going out of your way to make people feel heard and make people feel loved. And I think that's something that I'm definitely trying to do. And sometimes I get busy in my own life and busy with whatever's going on that I almost forget. And then I have to remind myself like, oh my gosh, did you tell your friend? When was the last time that you told your friend how much you care about them and how amazing they are? And just outwardly being kind and going out of your way to make someone smile that day. And I think that's something that we almost have to, I have to remind myself every day is to be kind because, you know, I come home and I'm like, wow, was I just was I kind to anyone today or did I just get through the day and did it for me? And it's something I definitely want to grow in. If I can do things, the little things to make someone feel special and make someone feel like I care about them and love them, I want to do that. And I know when people do that for me, how amazing that is. Like when a friend just reaches out and just sends you a text like, hey, I love you so much. You're such a good friend. Like that makes me smile. And it just makes my heart happy to know that someone is caring about you and someone's thinking about you and all those little things. It just makes the world a better place that makes people a better person and you just can't have enough kindness. So we're going to work. That one's also a work in progress and we could always just use more of that. So those were the seven feminine qualities. And I think that was honestly very insightful. That was like a good activity. So if you didn't mentally go through that in your head with me, I highly recommend this. I will link the article that I used to just go through this and rate, but I'm highly recommending this to y'all because I think it's just going to give me a lot to think about. And it was just really interesting to kind of take inventory of where I think I fall on these scales and where I think that I can do better. And you know me, I'm an awareness gal. If I can find something that's the perfectionist in me where I find an area of life where I really just need to hone in on and be better, I'm going to do it. I'm going to focus on that. And I'm going to be like, okay, how can we become better? And how can I become the best version of myself? So I think this was a nice activity to kind of just have it all laid out and work on all of that. And also it was just a good reflection of I've I've never really connected the two of like the feminine traits and where I'm at now and what I've had to go through to kind of grow through this. And a lot of it was, you know, the things that I picked up on when I was in my toxic feminist era. It was really bad, y'all. I mean, I shared some of my Odyssey articles and a lot of this the things that I wrote were focusing on the opposite of all the things that I just said. It's so toxic. It's like, they don't want you to have, they want like the toxic feminist movement wants you to have the opposite of these traits. They don't want you to have these things. They just want you to be like a man, but be a woman. They want you to have men, masculine traits, but be a woman. And it's like, it's not a good balance to the world because we all, we need to bring all these traits together to live in harmony. I definitely believe that men have very different traits that they thrive in and women have very different traits that they do well in, but they are very different. They're not the same at all. Sometimes they overlap, but it's not like all of 
a man needs to have everything a woman needs to have. It's very different, but when you come together, it's so beautiful and it works out so well. So what an interesting topic, guys. Go ahead. I'm going to link it. Take it for yourself and let me know what you think. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Girls Gone Right. Be sure to check us out on YouTube to watch the video format and check us out on Instagram at Girls Gone Right.